0: You're listening to Business 1110 KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon, and this is Theories of Mind, where we try to help you understand the challenges and opportunities available to those who are dealing with things in the mental health world. So we've talked a lot uh, on the show in the past about a lot of mental health issues that tend to be, um, you know, long term, but from birth, things like autism. Um, we had someone who talked about bipolar disorder, things that y- you think of as, as conditions that you're born with. But mental health challenges can also come up uh, in life through the things that happen to you. We've talked with uh, the American Legion about PTSD. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about uh, types of traumatic brain injury that can result from concussion and the effects they can have on a life. Um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, if you are hit in the head or otherwise injured, uh, or even uh, uh, it can result from uh, not a direct head injury, but other events as well. That you can, you know, be fine if if you're cleared of symptoms immediately afterwards. If you're cleared of symptoms, you know, a few days afterwards, or whatever. That that's the end of it. But uh, we're learning now through research, through uh, long-term results from a lot of places, that this isn't always the case. That these kind of things can have a lasting impact on your life in a variety of ways, uh, be it uh, specific types of problems or, or whatever. And so we're going to be talking with an expert, uh, Dr. Ron Swatzina, who is a PhD in LCSW and Director of Electroneuroanalysis Research and Neurotherapy at the Tornow Center of, for Self-Management. And he's going to help us understand uh, what these injuries are, what kind of effects they can have, how they can come about, uh, and, and what we can learn about them and helping people who are struggling with these kind of things. So you're listening to Business 1110, KTEK, I'm Paul Loudon. This is Theories of Mine, and we'll be back in just a moment.
1: Dish TV is better than cable TV. Here's why. If you call right now and you're a new Dish subscriber, packages start at $19.99 a month for 12 months. That's right, $19.99 a month. Compare that to your cable bill and the smart choice is to cut the cable and get Dish. Plus, you get all these great TV features, free HD channels, free DVR to record your favorite shows, and free installation. You even get our free dish anywhere so you can take your TV on the go, watching your favorite programs on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop anywhere in the world. I'll say it again, all for just $19.99 a month for 12 months. This is a limited time, 24 month offer you must qualify for, and it could change at any time. So call now. 800 293 0328. 800 293 0328. 800 293 0328. That's 800 293 0328. This is Business 1110.
0: You're listening to Business 1110, KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon, and this is Theories of Mind. We're here today with Dr. Ron Swatzina, who's going to talk to us about concussions, traumatic brain brain injury, and all kinds of things relating to that that I don't know enough about yet, and neither do a lot of you in our audience. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Dr. Swatzina.
2: I appreciate you asking me out. This is going to be enjoyable for me. I wanted to get this message out.
0: It really is important because, again, you know, we've focused a lot on mental health in this show, but a lot of people don't think about the relationship between mental health and physical health, and how certain things that happen in the physical world, such as you know, accidents, uh, concussion, etc., can later on or immediately even affect your mental health. So, uh, why don't we start just
2: with telling our audience a little bit about who you are and what your background is in this? Okay, well I got into this originally because um, uh, of my experience with head injury. Uh, As a high school football player um, in 1967, tells you how old I am, I ended up getting several concussions, one of them which took my memory out for about 12 hours and um, over the next uh, four years of my high school career I ended up getting several others. Uh, This resulted in my uh, less than stellar Work uh, at Memphis State University when I did go to college, and lost my draft deferment because of my 1.23 grade point average, and uh, I just was I just couldn't study. I wasn't a student at that time. My brains were pretty scrambled, and so after Vietnam, I got back, and I didn't really go back into school until after Desert Storm, which I spent a year at, and uh, started getting into head injury, and um, I tried to understand the PTSD, uh, traumatic brain injury combination as well. So this is where I got my interest in brain injury. And,
0: you know, that's that's so important, uh, I think, uh, talking to the audience of the show. I, I love to have people who have actually dealt with these things personally on here. Uh, I know there's a lot of value in hearing from experts, but there's a lot of value in hearing from people who've been through it who say, you know, this is how it impacted me. This issue is real, and it's not just something for people outside to be addressing, but for people who are struggling with it to look for ways to address in themselves. Um, so let's talk a little bit just about um, uh, then what you do now, what, what your area is.
2: Um, I joined the Tarnow Center in 2003, and in 2005 I started um, working with uh, uh, electroencephalograms and quantitative electroencephalograms uh, at the center. To date I've done probably pushing 2,000 individual studies and uh, I'm actually classified as a brain scientist. I've got 46 published studies uh, that I've uh, since probably close to 2008 when I started that process. So, uh, Collecting this data, seeing all these uh, brains, not all brain injuries, we're talking a wide variety of uh, Abnormalities, autism uh, diagnoses that run the spectrum, but it's still about dysfunctional brains and what can happen. The unique thing is that I found that uh, if a the symptoms of brain injury mimic the symptoms of ADHD. So if you don't have ADHD and you get a brain injury, likely you're going to exhibit symptoms of having ADHD. Uh, and if you have ADHD, which a lot of ADHD children and adolescents get brain injuries because of their behavior, then they end up uh, making their ADHD worse. So that's one of the things we did find.
0: And that's really interesting because, again, a lot of people tend to think of brain injury as, you know, again, we show it a lot in media as either, you know, you're fine or it's severe, where you can't speak anymore or uh you've lost the l- use of your limbs or you have lost memories in the the tv version of amnesia things like that uh that we don't think of brain injury as having a spectrum in that sense we think of it very much as an on or off you were who you were before or you're very different um but the truth is is that brain injury has had some uh remarkable uh effects out there that uh you know, there are stories, uh, you know, people who suffer from brain injury and their personality changes drastically or uh, they gain or lose the ability to focus or, or uh, exhibit skills or everything. And and um, it's very hard for people to understand that um, when you're dealing with one of these things that it's not you just having a traumatic experience and then personally changing, but that it can be the result of physical things going on in your body. And so you've been doing uh, uh, electroencephalograms. Is that what you said? Correct, EEGs. Um, EEGs, yeah. I just want to make sure I had the right thing in my head. Um, and
2: um, so how, how do you study something like this with, with EEGs and through other means? Well, the EEG is not uh, diagnostic of he- brain injury. It uh, can be consistent with but not diagnostic of. The quantitative EEG is really good at uh, looking at the brain signal over time and seeing um, where the Focal slowing will occur, this is what happens when you have an impact injury, part of the brain actually slows down and kind of disconnects it from the rest of the brain. So that's, that's the part that we always want to look at is what's consistent with the brain injury and we're not looking, our, our job is to try to figure out ways to put it back together. That's where we can use neurotherapy quite effectively because we can go specifically to those sites and try to encourage them to speed back up to normal speed to tie them back into the rest of the brain.
0: And that's, uh, again, one of the important things about uh, addressing all of these mental health things is the the question of brain plasticity and the idea that Mm -hmm. the brain can be rebuilt or changed even late into life and and how valuable it is to know that and to be able to look at things like this and come up with ways to encourage the growth in the direction we want. I know that, uh, you know, a, a lot of times when people think about mental health concerns even something you know as clear as a concussion uh, you know you think about the personality changes or the the capacity and ability changes that come from it as a mental thing and we tend to think of the the mind as something separate from the physical brain that we think of it as something floating out there that's constructed of willpower Mm -hmm. but a lot of what the mind does is based on the physical state of the brain be it an injured area be it pathways that have strengthened to route around an injured area uh, and, uh, you know, just, just the, the actual state, the chemical balance at the time, uh, that, you know, you're getting into looking at some of that and, and figuring out how it did. um Just to touch on something for our audience, you, you mentioned that uh, the EEG is not uh, diagnostic, but it can uh, uh, show some of what's going on. Um, for audience, what makes something specifically diagnostic uh, versus like how, how, can be used to uh, spot something, you know, because I think a lot of people, um, you know, you think, well, if the EEG shows something different, can't we look at it, see something different, and say, well, this is happening. So
2: why wouldn't you use it in that way? Well, we do use it uh, for the purpose of what can we do about it. Uh, we may not be able to tell, like in concussions in uh, athletes, uh, the the initial concussion that they're coming in from before, or the concussions that may have happened years prior, we can't tell the time when it happened. You know, so, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what part of the brain is showing signs of this and what can we do to reconnect it. A lot of times these concussions produce, uh, 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 we call it epileptiform activity, seizure activity from tiny micro lesions that could probably never be seen on an MRI or CT, Uh, but it does interrupt flow of information, flow of thought, flow of electricity from one neuron set to another neuron set. And this is where we're having the, uh, what we refer to as a a cognitive uh, failure in regard to how to deal with certain things that happen afterwards. There's where the frustrations come in because you lose your cognitive ability to deal with um, cognitive strategies in order to deal with life as it's coming at you right now with limited uh, abilities over what you had before.
0: And I can imagine that's, uh, you know, a significant frustration. I know that... uh You know, uh, seizures, and especially uh, seizures that can't be seen. I suddenly can't remember the term. Absence. Uh, That wasn't the one I was looking for, but that is one of them, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I can't remember how it's usually used in the community, but there's a sub-something, seizures. Anyway, uh, it's just a colloquial term, so it's not. Okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, but seizures are often um, a thing that uh, we deal with in the autism community as well, that uh, there's a high comorbidity of, of seizures and autism. And, uh, again, it's one of those, if you don't see the seizures, you don't necessarily realize they're happening, but they can interrupt your train of thought. They can make concentration and focus much more difficult or cause you to appear to zone out in the middle of something. Um, But a lot of these things, you know, because they aren't obvious in the case of something like that or because they represent a change in the case of, you know, losing skills or losing the ability to focus over time from someone who had these and then because of traumatic brain injury has lost it Mm -hmm. – you know, there, there's got to be an immense amount of frustration in trying to uh, address it. You said that, you know, a, a lot of times what you're doing to try to address it requires skills that you are also in the process of losing. That, that you know, it, it can be a really uh, dramatic experience for someone and, and, you know, the people around them that, you know, you – As a sports player, you've shown signs of high intelligence and high, you know, verbal skills or whatever. And then, you know, some years later, they start to degrade or whatever. And how people around you react to that, seeing that as, you know, you know, sometimes even a moral failure. They may say, you know, well, he probably experimented with drugs or whatever. And, you know, it it can be very hard to for society to accept uh, that mental health issues are something to be supportive of and help with
2: rather than looking for reasons to blame someone for them. Well, one of the big problems we have is that there's a slow progression uh, of symptoms, and it happens over time. So, you know, for instance, a lot of times these guys will take a good hit on a Friday night and then wake up Saturday morning and a little bit nauseated, maybe throwing up, and they don't link it to the uh, concussion they had the night before, and they just think they they got some sort of stomach bug. And then over time, you can see that it progressively get worse through about the first 28 days. And then in younger children, it can take up to two full years to manifest the personality changes and some of the subtle things because the brain continues to decline and through a process called apoptosis, uh, a programmed cell death, in order to compensate for this trying to reseal the blood-brain barrier and all the uh, all the details that go along with it without getting into the chemistry of it is quite, it's quite pronounced, but it, it is over time. And I think that's what we've got to understand, that these changes don't happen immediately following. They happen in the weeks, months, and sometimes years following.
0: And that's, you know, that, again, that's very important for the audience. We tend to think of uh, mental health concerns as, you know, a sign helps you spot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your child is autistic from the start and is not fitting in well or whatever. And then when you can look back at it, you can see the signs were there all along, mm-hmm. but something like this where it's gradual, it, it can disguise itself as a personality change or as any of a number of other things. Um, we're going to be going into a break in just a couple of minutes, but I think when we come back, I'd really like to talk uh, a bit about, uh, I guess the whole process, what kind of injuries can cause it, what people can be on the lookout for, you know, the kind of things that, um. You know, can really interest, you know, either a parent of someone who's playing high school football or someone who's in college football right now and may have concerns and, and, and wants to know, you know, what are the real risks here? What are the long term consequences? What, what am I looking for? Um, you know, should I stop playing football now? Yes or no? Uh, and, uh, you know, what, what answers do you have uh, on that? Because I think, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there. And a- as you said, you know, the effects of it can be long term. The effects of it can be subtle. Uh, but it, but it's really important that uh, people take care of their minds and bodies in a variety of ways, And we're learning more and more now uh, what some of those, you know problems can look like. We used to think that, you know, concussions were something that you know, once you recovered from it, you recovered from it. But now we know that, you know, has long-term consequences, that it can stay with you for the rest of your life. So uh, let's talk a bit uh, when we come back about what it looks like and what leads up to it. You're listening to Business 1110, KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon. This is Theories of Mind, and we'll be back in just a moment.
3: loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt. Now call national debt relief at 800-518-4020, 800-518-4020, 800-518-4020. This
4: is business 1110.
0: You're listening to business 1110 KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon. And this is theories of mind. We're talking with Dr. Ron Swatsina about uh, traumatic brain injury, um, concussions and some of the effects and changes and impacts that can have on your life uh so i wanted to talk a bit uh just uh about i guess sort of the whole timeline starting with uh what kind of things can cause concussions and what uh, maybe what what kind of wrong ideas people may have about things that can cause concussions where they might assume a concussion can't happen that it can or or whatever. So I guess, um, you know, where, where do you see concussions
2: coming from and where do you see
0: concussions surprising people?
2: Well, number one cause of concussions uh, is falls, usually to the very young and to the very old. That's just in the statistics right there. We do get an abnormal large number of concussions from uh, sports, but we find that uh, sports where women and men play the same sports, soccer, basketball, volleyball, this kind of, uh, these kind of sports, that women actually have a higher incidence of head injury and it's because of their they have smaller necks and they can't dissipate the uh, impact uh, like men can. So that's an interesting fact that most people don't know about. Uh, so we also have head injuries and, and according to the state of Texas, um, alcohol and drug abuse can be classified as a head injury and I was quite surprised at that little caveat. Um, other areas that we can have head injuries that people don't think about is you have a car accident. You don't hit the dash or, or hit the windshield, or you but you do have a, uh, a whiplash. Well the brain still bounces off the front of the head and then off the back of the head when you go back and you can have a concussion. Uh, from an from a actual accident, and you'd never look at it as, well, did you, I, didn't get, I didn't get a goose egg, I, I didn't uh, pass out, uh, No, I don't have a head injury, but then you start experiencing this in the, the time post.
0: And that's really important for people to remember. I mean, the, the typical thought of a concussion is it's after a specific impact on the head, mm-hmm. but a concussion is actually something that happens to the brain, and so it can come from anything that gives the brain an opportunity to impact with the skull, basically. Correct. Uh, so, uh, I guess if something happens, uh, what what are the initial, are, are there early warning signs or do you have to look back at it later? What kind of things do you generally look
2: for? Well, uh, the traditional concussion symptoms that we would see would be uh, uh, vision issues, uh, dexterity issues, most often people complain of headaches, uh, nausea, vomiting is a pretty clear sign. Uh, that. Uh, some the brain has taken a severe impact, but it like I say, it doesn't have, have to uh, happen uh, you know right away. The next day, usually they'll experience um, as hypersensitivity to light or sound. Um, this these are common you know or touch. Uh, these are common uh, sensitivities that get really heighten the next day uh, that people should really look for.
0: And I can see how that could easily get lost if you were, say, a football player or whatever. You have a big victory, you party a bit, and you come wake up the next morning, you've got a hangover, and it could be, you know, concussion symptoms instead. You have no necessary idea uh, that it's really important just to, even if you don't think it's a concussion, maybe mark it down and keep a note just so that if things start happening later, you're uh, you, you know, well, yeah, no, there was something there that, you know, um, might have been caused. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned something I mean, in the break that I think uh, it's good to remind people of right here, especially is that, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about sort of worst cases for concussions and that it, it is a, a wide range that uh, a large majority of concussions, you said, don't result in uh, long term effects.
2: Right. 80% of this is the figure from uh, the CDC 80% um, are gray matter only involvement, which is your cortex, and they resolve themselves if you give them rest and, you know, uh, feed them properly. Concussions need a lot of extra cal- calories to heal, but most go back together and, and you never see any lasting, uh, lasting results from it. But the, when you stop uh, uh, dealing with the aftermath and the, the symptoms, you're really going to have problems.
0: And that's, again, really important is that, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, it's going to have long-term consequences, it's important to treat it uh, appropriately, uh, from the get go. And I think that, uh, you know, we're going to be going to another quick break in just a moment, but I'd really like to talk about, uh, you know, basic concussion treatment, you know, day after, week after, month after, what things might look like in terms of that. Because I think, again, you know, there's a lot of people listening and, uh, you know they may be in youth leagues or they may be playing football with their friends or something where they don't have access to you know someone who can tell them you know here's a warning sign maybe you should do this tomorrow morning maybe you should do this so it's it's very valuable for people just to know the the basic self-care procedures uh for for possible you know you know or or you know again if they didn't pay attention to the nurse at the hospital or whatever after their concussion that uh you know have, having this available so people can have some basic advice and uh you know, things like that. I I think it's really valuable just uh, for people to know what's going on and and then what long-term care can look like for the more severe issues. Because again, um, that's what we're here to talk about is, you know, the the, the people who get overlooked um, and what they are seeing as, as new opportunities. So you're listening to Business 1110, KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon. This is Theories of Mind, and we will be back in just a moment.
4: Rejuvenate, be inspired, refresh. Sounds like some realities you want for yourself this year? Then embark this fall on a 15-day all-inclusive Mediterranean cruise of a lifetime with Business 1110 KTEK. Sail the pristine Mediterranean waters with celebrity cruises on the luxurious silhouette. With thrilling stops in Rome, Naples, Jerusalem, Athens, and more, come experience sites like the magnificent Sistine Chapel, the historic Western Wall of Jerusalem, the beautiful Greek island of Santorini, and more. This is not just a cruise. You will follow in the footsteps of key historical figures and be engrossed in the sights and sounds of the societies that establish what we experience today in government, culture, and faith. Come and visit the extraordinary cities of antiquity, 2,800-year-old ports, and more on a journey with the interactive vibrancy of faith and culture. Board the footsteps of the Apostles' Mediterranean Cruise September the 22nd through October 9th. For more information and to register for this once-in-a-lifetime trip, go to
0: business1110ktek.com.
4: This is Business 1110.
0: You're listening to Business 1110 KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon, and this is Theories of Mind, where we've been talking with Dr. Ron Swadzina about uh, concussions, traumatic brain injury, and, and some of the risks out there that people may not be aware of. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what happens when you've got a concussion. We've talked a little bit about immediate symptoms. Um you know, if you think you might have a concussion, what should you be doing? If you know you have a concussion, but you didn't pay attention to the doctor, what should you be doing in general? Just uh, what does it look like treating a concussion, I guess, early on and then onward into the the later stages where it's, you know, years later and you're suffering uh, degradation because of it?
2: Well, people don't think of their brains like they do of their bodies. Um, and that's kind of sad. If you've got uh, a broken arm, uh, they're going to immobilize it. They're going to set it, they're going to put it in a cast, and they're going to rest it for a period of time until that bone heals. But people with brain injuries with concussions don't look at it the same way, and it should be. Uh, immediately following, uh, and it's a confirmed concussion, you, you got knocked out or not, or you had a little bit of amnesia, some of the more uh, ones that are definitely, uh, you should understand, this is a significant impact to the head. Uh, rest rest and, and hydration and uh, lots of food, brains need food, need calories to, um, to repair themselves. Um, I mean, my colleague, uh, Deborah Stokan, she's a wonderful psychiatrist, she's with horses and the treatment for horses who get head injuries is put them in the stall, lower the lights, lower the sound, plenty of food and water and leave them alone. And, you know, it's it's funny that the, the veterinarians know how to treat head injuries better than we do. And it's like, no, we don't want to put them back in class the next day. No, we don't want to have them take their SAT that week. We, no, we want to do all these things to re- relax the mind, to s- reduce the cognitive challenges. And that doesn't mean leave them alone at home playing video games for, you know, those are also cognitively challenging.
0: Yeah, and you need to reduce stimulus in general. Totally. Uh, and that's, I guess that's, that's really important for our audience out there to... uh notice is, is that, uh, you know, a brain injury is a physical injury. That it's, uh, and even if you seem to immediately recover faculties, uh, just because you can walk on your leg again after a sprained ankle doesn't mean you can sprint on it. That, uh, you know, you, you need to be resting it, you need to not be challenging it, and you need to be aware that even if you can do things on it, they can impact its healing. That, uh, you know, putting too much pressure on the brain in one way or another can impact the, uh, the outcome of recovery. Um, so, I guess, what about in the more long term? You, you mentioned that a lot of times, you know, concussions can be undiagnosed and they can have uh, degradation and effects later on in life. What, what is it beginning to look like as, as a way to care for these kind of issues?
2: Well, if they're persistent over time, and in about 20% of the cases they will be, and you'll have long-term uh, ramifications for it, uh, there is really no medication approved by the FDA to treat um, head injury. Uh, well, you can treat symptom it symptomatically but you really can't treat the head injury with any sort of medication and so this is where uh, the treatment for something like this uh, other, after you've gone through the year period the rest period it can be um, I like to th- always consider doing something like neurotherapy just because the fact that we can actually go in and try to uh, help the brain reorient itself to, to a normal pattern again a normal uh, way of operating
0: and I think you know, that's going to be really interesting to our audience. Uh, the idea of, uh, you know, what, what those therapies look like and how they can rebuild the brain. So I think, um, again, we've got another short break coming up, but I think it'd be really interesting after the break to talk a bit about, uh, what neurotherapy is. I know that, uh, you know, on, on this show, we've talked a lot about a variety of therapies for people with uh, things like autism and whatever. We've talked about, you know, CBT and OT and things like that. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear, you know, what, what kind of things can go into helping someone recover from one of these brain injuries and, and rebuild uh, that strength in the brain that that has been injured. Um, it It is really, you know, such a huge issue. We We often talk about physical therapy for someone who's had a long-term physical injury. Uh, and and needs help from an expert in rebuilding how to use the leg or how to use the arm or whatever, but we often don't think about it in the same way for the mind. We often think of these therapies as adjusting behaviors rather than uh, strengthening a physical aspect of the body. We see, you know, oh, well, you're learning new habits, you're learning to do this better, but it's a physical strengthening. And so we're taking a quick break here at Business Levantin. KTEK, I'm Paul Leldon, this is Theories of Mind, and we will be right back.
5: August 23rd. It's an evening with Dinesh D'Souza at Houston Baptist University. D'Souza exposes the secret history of the Democrats. All crime is about stealing. And the true motivations of Hillary Clinton. The big
0: criminals are still at large.
3: Didn't uh, see any reason to keep them.
0: The system doesn't go after them. Because they run the system. It's time to go behind the curtain and discover the soul of the Democratic Party. Dinesh D'Souza. What if the goal of the Democratic Party is to steal the most valuable thing the world has ever produced? What if their plan is to steal America? Tickets are going fast for an evening with Dinesh D'Souza,
3: Tuesday, August 23rd
4: at HBU. Get your tickets now at business1110ktek.com. Ooh stop them now. This is Business 1110.
0: You're listening to Business 1110, KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon. This is Theories of Mind, where we've been talking with Dr. Ron Swatsina about uh, traumatic brain injury and concussions. Uh, so before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, you know, how sometimes in, in a Twenty percent ish of cases, uh, you can result in uh, long-term consequences. Things that may either go undiagnosed or may be diagnosed. And, and, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what you end up doing about, and what kind of therapies can help um, rebuild lost faculties or repair the kind of damage that can happen uh, thanks to uh,
2: conditions like this. Well, brain injuries, primarily, most brain injuries uh, involve of the mild traumatic. Component of brain injuries just involve the cortex, the gray matter. The gray matter has lots of neurons. Uh, Neuronoplasticity, it has the ability to rewire itself. And if we look at a brain injury kind of like um, some of these trees, big oak trees in a storm, they get broken limbs and they're sh- they look atypical, but the limbs grow back and they've got these odd offshoots of <laughs> nice greenery, but they still look atypical and that's the way the brain is. It will find a way to rewire itself it needs sometimes a little help and instruction to do so. My uh, my, uh, travels back from head injury from when I was young Uh, took a lot of years and a lot of effort and a lot of hard work in school in order to rewire that pattern so that I had a functioning brain again. At least I could do a master's and graduate level studies. But we have to understand that these brain injuries they do want to go back together and if we can help them by uh, going directly to the spot that has been damaged and encouraging that spot to basically fire faster so that it can come back to the speed of the rest of the brain it uh, that's one thing that the brain really does like to do it likes to come back together and fire efficiently
0: and I think um, you know one thing to think about that or one way to think about that for the audience is thinking about uh, the ray- way roads tend to work, that if, if a road has lost lanes or whatever and is tightened, then traffic will route around it with a goal of getting to the same destination, but they find a new way to get there. And if you can rebuild the road, reopen it so that full-speed traffic can go through, then the traffic will switch its preference back to being on the most efficient route. It's it's the path of least resistance. Correct. Um, so... um so let's talk about uh, what you actually do to accomplish this sort of thing. What kind of therapies exist out there, and, and how do they work at, at rebuilding these parts of the brain, at uh, using, taking advantage of the brain's plasticity to strengthen the, the areas that need to be rebuilt?
2: Well, I do EEGs, uh, electroencephalograms, and quantitative EEGs. The quantitative EEGs um, is a spectral analysis over time, so we can actually see compared to other like aged young people or old people. Um, how their brain differs and what in all 19 sites of the brain there's 19 areas we actually measure and when we find that uh, one or two areas that have actually slowed because of the impact uh, it's pretty common for us to to have the same type of um, uh, symptom or same type of finding on the opposite side of the brain because you think about the brain sloshing back inside the cranium Uh, you can get a coup contra coup injury so you actually have two sides of the brain that can be affected in some of these ones that are the 20 percent that present with more symptoms. But you isolate these areas and uh, we set up a set of protocols based upon our brain maps so that we can go directly to those and we put electrodes on the brain and train and encourage the brain when it's making faster brain waves in that area, bring them up to speed with the other, Uh, they get the feedback on the screen be it audio and visual feedback and then when the brains are going the wrong direction Uh, it takes the feedback away. So brains are very unique learning creatures. (laughs) They adapt quite well. Sometimes people never figure out what they're doing, but the brain will figure it out. You can teach rats how to speed up one part of their brain to get food as a reward. Do the rats know what they're doing to their brains? They have no clue, but the brains do. They get food. And that's true. I mean, we're all, to
0: some degree, experts at physics. We can catch a thrown ball remarkably quickly, but if you had to calculate the path of that thrown ball, mm-hmm. we'd sit there and spend minutes scratching at the table going, okay, well, it launched at that angle. It's at this velocity. Gravity is this. Uh, what does the arc look like? But we have a part of our brain that is able to learn to interact with the world. And the world is you know, largely a bunch of bouncing physics objects. Uh, our brain figures out where tr- all millions of cars in traffic, hundreds of cars in traffic, all those cars in traffic, we're keeping track of them on some level, but we aren't doing it consciously because our brain has, through our senses and through feedback processes, developed abilities to do that uh, outside of our conscious mind. So I I can see it being, uh, you know, remarkable the kind of effects you could have when you're looking for ways to bypass the conscious mind and and work uh, with the brain itself, uh, especially, uh, you know, when trying to um, essentially, I guess, exercise the brain to, to try exactly. to put it through a workout to rebuild strength in uh, weakened areas. It's
2: truly a brain rehab.
0: And uh, again, that's that's one of those things that uh, you know we, we don't think about as much. We we tend to think of you know an injury like this as the brain will heal itself. That uh, you know once y- y- you give it its rest or whatever, and and you think okay, um, you know if the symptoms reduce. If, if you're no longer feeling nauseous, if you're no longer having dizzy spells or whatever, then, you know, that's your brain getting better. But you don't really think about the fact, again, that you mentioned that, you know, it may be routing around problem spots. The the, the tree may be branching off in a new direction to get at the sunlight uh, or whatever. And, uh, you know, so it's valuable to keep track and it, it's valuable to
2: work on it. And um, so you've seen some success in this area? I work with a lot of um, brain injured people, I work with a lot of veterans who have had IED blasts and impact injuries, um, and it's it's amazing some of the uh, results we get, especially after they've been in treatment, multiple treatments through the VA for years. Uh, I had this one young man who was eight years post his actual blast, and um, we've, we've done a lot of neurotherapy on him, and we've actually brought him back quite a ways. He's he's. So much better than he was. I think you will always have some residual. I still have some residual uh, for my head injury. I have to have if it wasn't for my assistance and the schedule and the computer technology out there to keep track of everything I have to do, I, I can't hold it all myself. You know, So we have to have those and and be okay with those certain crutches in certain areas. But is, can we get to that level of high functioning that we should be able to do at this age and produce like we need to produce?
0: And that's very much uh, one of the common messages here on the show is that uh, when addressing any of these mental health concerns, be it traumatic brain injury or autism or anything else, uh, depression. And anxiety, uh, is that your goal is to figure out how to have a good life. And that comes from addressing the challenges that you can address and coming up with techniques and strategies to work around the ones that you find you can't, or you find that addressing has drawbacks that you can't deal with, be it, you know, too much stress or otherwise. And so, you know, this, this is, uh, you know, a, a good thing to remember is that, you know, that this is true of everything that, uh, you know, if someone injured their arm, uh, I know I had a broken bone in my hand at one point, uh, and when it first broke, uh, it was at a 30-degree angle. Uh, and they said, you know, if it were at more of an angle, we'd break it or we'd re-break it and straighten it. But at, at that angle, we're going to leave it as it is. And uh, I had limited mu- movement in uh, my pinky finger. And they said, well, you're going to have a little bit of limited movement, but it's, it's not a big deal because you don't use your pinky for much. And I would look at my hand every day and think, this looks weird. You know, I could see the curve in the bone after it healed, and it was, it was very obvious. Uh, oddly enough, I accidentally broke it a second time because I have very bad luck. <laughs> I'm a bit clumsy uh and it was at forty five degrees that time, and so they straightened it but uh but it's one of those things where you know the bone healed. But the healing left it in a situation where it wasn't able to do everything it was before. So it was well in the sense that there was nothing left for my body to address, but it was not well in the sense that I had to learn to adjust to the new differences in my body and what it does. And we often don't think about things like that in terms of the brain. That, you know, things that happen to the brain, be it, um, you know, traumatic injury or even just experiences, can result in our brains changing physically and changing the way we experience and interpret the world. Uh, you talked about how sometimes after a concussion, And the next day you can find yourself hypersensitive. And we, you know, don't really think about how a brain injury could make us feel things differently, that the the light or the touches could actually be different physical sensations. So it's really good for people to remember that, you know, the brain is a physical object. It can grow, it can change, and it can affect other parts of our life and other parts of our experience in ways that uh, can feel unpredictable or unrelated to us. So, um, you know, it's really important when trying to address and deal with things like this to remember that... uh, You know, what you may think of as common sense about this kind of thing is not – it needs to sort of be set aside for the time while you look at uh, everything that may be involved. Um, So, you know, you you deal a lot with uh, um, adults. Uh, You've mentioned that uh, you you deal with veterans and uh, you've talked about sports players. Um, uh, You know, story-wise, do do you feel we're getting better at catching um, – Concussion in advance, or do you think that uh, we still have a long way to go for uh, early diagnosis of a situation like that?
2: Well, I feel that the uh, the information's out there. The movie concussions out there. I think we have a uh, uh, have a a resistance to take in some of the information. I think. Uh, A lot of parents seem to be in denial about the potential, especially for small children. The smaller the child, uh, the less myelinated the neurons are. The less myelination, the more fragile they are. Uh, The more impacts to the head can make a difference. Uh, Pee-wee football, middle school football is much more likely to cause head head injury than college football or pro football. The brain is not uh, prepared to take those types of impacts. And I've seen these kids go at it pretty hard. So, I think that's the thing we need to look at is to, through these educational pieces like this, is to get the information out to the parents that this is a, the brain is not like any other organ in the body. Uh, You're going to make your living with what's between your ears. Most of us are more so than the calluses on our hands. And we got to look at how functioning, how well is this going to function and keep us Uh, make a living for us in the future. And that has made a big difference in my life and uh, derailed it for many years. And uh, is it worth it to go out there and challenge putting your children in harm's way like this?
0: And I think it's, you know, valuable to, again, remember that... uh You know, it doesn't necessarily involve an impact on the brain, that a a kid playing flag football who trips and falls and catches himself with his arms, the head is going to shake, the neck, uh, especially if it's a young kid, is not going to be able to support it as much. And you can have the same kind of thing there where the kid doesn't even fall all the way to the ground, doesn't even scrape his knuckles or his hands, but there's the potential that 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 whiplash movement can can cause some sort of energy you didn't even think about Um, that, you know, with all of this. uh, Actually, I, I'm not sure what you were trying to uh, tell me there, but uh, I was thinking, you know, what about even just running, the the, the up and down step of it, that uh, if you're running on a hard surface versus a soft surface, could that have any sort of bruising impact on the brain?
2: No, I don't think running no? would. But okay. what I was referring curious. to is more like roller coasters. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Roller coasters, um, actually, and you that young guy that was a uh, young child that was killed, you know, from a neck fracture in that uh, water slide uh, last week, I think it was, uh, you know, we gotta, we got to think about these things that whip these necks around, these heads around. Roller coasters are really not the best way to treat a brain.
0: Yeah, and we're so used to thinking uh, about it as impact injury only, and we need to remember that, you know, the, the brain is in there in your mind or in your head. It's, it's uh, you know, a lot of fluid, a lot of soft mass uh, in a very hard uh, box. I know... Um, You know, a million years ago, I did an egg drop, and uh, one of the things I did was soak my egg in uh, vinegar so that it was soft, Uh, and it survived the impact, but it did not survive the impact without deforming significantly as it hit the ground, and uh, it's good to remember that, you know, it's there in your head, and a lot of things can happen to it. So we're going to take another quick break here at Business 1110, KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon, this is Theories of Mind, and we'll be back talking about this in just a moment.
5: The following update is for drivers who pay too much for car insurance due to DUIs, DWIs, tickets, or anything else. By now, you know all too well that sr 22 auto insurance is way more than you'd ever want to pay. You probably thought you didn't have a choice, but you were wrong. Our company specializes in low-cost, very affordable SR22 auto insurance for high-risk drivers. We know that mistakes happen, so take pride in being able to offer absolutely free quotes for this very affordable auto insurance meant specifically for you, the overpaying high-risk driver. We're standing by at 800-749-2984. The only thing you need to do is stop waiting around while your monthly payments stay as high as they are. Our knowledgeable representatives are ready for your call at 800-749-2984. The quote is free and we'll even handle the filings so you could start saving money every month even sooner. Call 800-749-2984. That's 800-749-2984. Once more, 800-749-2984. This is Business 1110.
0: You're listening to Business 1110, KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon, and this is Theories of Mind. We've been talking with uh, Ron Swatzina about concussion and traumatic brain injury. Um, We've only got about 10 minutes left in the show. uh, And I wanted to ask you, um, I guess, you know, we've talked a bit about roller coasters and Football and a variety of things that that you know areas that may surprise you that can cause this kind of thing. Um, you mentioned to me uh, in between, you know, uh, a surprising area where concussions happen a lot is young children because. Uh, you know the the they haven't built up the necessarily necessary muscles and other parts of the body that that help reduce the uh, likelihood uh, so i want to talk a little bit just about prevention in the first place things that you know people be they parents of young children or be they someone who is an adult and who's interested in sports and wants to consider sports that might be safer for them or whatever what kind of things should someone be looking for in terms of trying to live uh, a lifestyle that's healthier for the physical state of their brain
2: well i presented at the texas um Brain Injury Association conference many years, and, and was talking about this exact uh, problem that we have in our society is that we tend to really promote our children getting out there and and taking uh, taking part in uh, in team sports, um, and the ones that uh, are the most popular, of course, football. Now we're getting into soccer. Um, we always have the uh, uh, volleyball and basketball, and all these are are pretty well high potential for creating a head injury even baseball so it's one of the things we've got to look at if I you know when I made these recommendations the Texas Brain Injury Conference it was like we really need to get away from anything that's going to impact the head especially in younger children Um, the older children adolescents and young adults can make their decisions for them but the younger children can't Uh, there's a lot of sports out there in the actual uh, Olympics. You, there's, you know, Gymnastics can be quite dangerous, but running is pretty safe, actually. <laughs> uh, golf. I think everybody should take up <laughs> golf. I don't play golf. I wish I would have. I wouldn't be in this shape right now, but uh, uh, there's, there's sports out there I think you can play the rest of your life. Tennis, for instance, is a non-contact sport. Uh, swimming, of course, is great, but let's look at some of those types of activities and see if we can make that shift, and I think we'll have a lot healthier Young people going into college than we do right now,
0: and I think that's you know valuable to remember that uh, you know there there is a wide range of sport out there, and we tend to focus primarily on contact ones. Contact ones can be the most fun to watch in a lot of cases for people who aren't involved in them. Uh, but in terms of what can be healthiest, uh, like you mentioned, swimming is a fantastic workout as well, uh, and can. Be tailored to a lot of muscles, uh, and it, it poses very little risk in that sense, at least. Um, uh, that it, it can be valuable to remember that you know you do want to get out there and exercise. You do want to get out there and get your kids to exercise, and th- there's a huge range of options. Um, you know, and, and you know some of them are more obviously harmful than others. I did taekwondo, which involves getting hit in the head. Uh, <laughs> but I also did fencing and fencing there's almost no impact and even when you're allowed face impacts it doesn't move the helmet in the slightest it's there's no momentum shift there's no sloshing around of your head unless someone has done something horribly wrong and in which case you know that's they've landed on you which really should never happen but um that there, there's a wide range of what these things can look like, and, and being aware that it's not just the impacts to the head, but the the change in motion, the change in momentum that, that can be the cause of injuries. We're going to go into one more break, real quick, and afterwards um, we'll just uh, talk about any last takeaways you want people to have, anything you want them to remember and keep in mind. You're listening to Business 1110 KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon, this is Theories of Mind, and we'll be back in just a moment.
6: This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states.
0: This is Business 1110. You're listening to Business 1110 KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon. This is Theories of Mine. We're talking with Ron Swazina about traumatic uh, brain injury and concussions. And so I just wanted to uh, go into the end here with uh, what do you want people to take away? What do you want people to keep in mind from, you know, what they've heard here?
2: Well, first of all, let's try to prevent these, as many as we can, and take take into consideration, if they are in contact sports, to watch them very closely and to give those brains rest afterwards. The second thing is... um, we have had a few cases that I've worked with over the years and maybe myself is one of them. Uh, Brains that do wire themselves back together atypically sometimes actually develop talents they never had before which is something very unique there has been no really studies in this area but um, I think that we're seeing that I know this one young lady I didn't really have an artistic talent and she once she had her major car accident in her early 20s, she came out on the other side and was able to see colors more br- vibrantly and now has become one of the nation's leading artists. I think it's just amazing, the talents. It's not something I recommend going and hitting your kids in the head with a hammer to develop a talent, but it's one of these things we got to understand that when these brains wire themselves back together, if the children get passionate about something, uh, that's really trying to wire themselves differently and when they do, maybe we can have them take off and, and pick up an advantage because atypically wired brains, there's been a lot of studies about all the different geniuses out there that have had a history of head injuries. Again, that's not something I recommend, but it's not a it's not a death sentence to have a head injury. But what you do and what you strive to do, it's not easy but it can be done. And that's,
0: again, you know, something we try to focus on here on the show is that all of these things, be it, you know, traumatic head injury, be it, you know, being born on the autism spectrum, be it, you know, bipolar disorder, depression, uh, they are, you know, a brain working differently. And um, through the process of strengthening it, through the process of addressing it, it's important to realize that, you know, often in the long term, you're still going to result in a brain working differently. Your goal is to address the challenges that prevent you from having a comfortable day-to-day life, to prevent you from, you know, holding a job or keeping care of your body or otherwise dealing with life. But along the way, as you're rebuilding your brain, as you're, you know, exercising it and coming up with new things, you may discover a new talent, be it from the injury or just something that was hiding there latent that, uh, you know, you didn't even notice until you started, you know, peeling away other things. But keep in mind that, uh, you know, oftentimes, uh, people with all of these things, I mean, you yourself had uh, traumatic brain injuries uh, along the way and have achieved a doctorate uh, that, you know, none of this is typically a death sentence. The question is just, can we address it positively? Can we mm-hmm. look for the goods in there? Because every person who's struggling with one of these, everyone is still a person who's looking to have a better life. And so our goal Along the way is, is looking for techniques, looking for tools, looking for lessons to help you have that better life. So um, we're going to put a link to uh, Ron Swetsina's webpage on our website to help you find out more about what he's doing, who he is, uh, and about... Uh, You know what's going on uh, in this front, and we're actually going to have him uh, back uh, later on, uh, I guess next month, to talk to us about some of the other research he's involved in that ties into autism, which, as those of you in the audience know, is of a special interest to me, since I was on or I am on the autism spectrum. I've uh, dealt with. Uh, A lot of struggles with that and uh, a lot of time learning about my autism. Uh, So I'm excited to see what we've got coming up there. Uh, You've been listening to Business 1110, KTEK. I'm Paul Loudon. This is Theories of Mine, and we will talk to you in a week.